0: I'm Jacqueline. And I'm Courtney. And this is Caffeinated Crimes. Welcome back. We hope you guys are doing well this week. Um, Just another week in quarantine, but it's starting to be really nice weather, so that's helping a lot because we can do more things outside. And I love to be outside, so that makes me very happy. So maybe things are getting better. Yeah, me and
1: Kevin, like, because we're both working from home, like, we make sure our lunch breaks at the same time and we go on a walk. And I noticed the other day, I'm getting a little bit of a tan from being outside just like 30 minutes every day, and I'm really excited because my apartment hasn't opened their pool back up yet, and I'm like,
0: I just want to be in the pool, so at least I'm getting a little tan. Yeah. Um... Poor Andrew. We also go on walks every day. We usually do a couple, like, short walks during the workday for, like, a break, and then we'll go on, like, a long walk with the dogs every evening, and this man is still still as pale as a ghost, and he's like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm actually That's getting sun, like, more sun than I've ever gotten in my whole life, and he's still just super pale, but...
1: Yeah, Kevin is either pale or sunburnt. Like, there's no in-between. He has that, like, Irish skin that does not seem... He's not even gonna get a
0: nice little little bronze tan there, yeah. Um, I know both of us are going to, not the same mountains, but going to the mountains next weekend, so.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I finally convinced Kevin. He's been like, no, it's too busy, the <laughs> whole time, and then yesterday,
0: I was finally like, please, and he was like, okay, and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> You're like, wow, really? Yeah, we're going um, up to the mountains here in Virginia, and we're taking the dogs um, for our anniversary. So. So excited for that, and that's going to be super fun. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: that sounds like it'll be fun for you guys to I'm get
0: excited.
1: out. Does yes. your does your Airbnb have air conditioning?
0: Yes, it does, because I did look at that. You're not going to leave. Like, <laughs> ma'am, can I just move in here for the summer, please? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so I keep telling the dogs, too, how excited I am for their first vacation, so I'm sure they can't wait. <laughs> but what about Kobe? I oh, know, poor Kobe. He... Yeah, I don't know. Every time we leave the house to go for a walk, he just, like, looks at us, and I'm like, do you want to go? Like, I could, like... You need to get... I want one of these. You need one of those
1: backpacks that you can, like, put on your back, and it's like a... Yeah. Like, not glass, but, like, see-through. I feel like Kobe would hate that so much. (laughs) Yeah, so would Luna.
0: Nova would
1: love it. Luna would hate it. She would growl the whole time.
0: Kobe's been very happy because... We've been sitting out on the back deck, and we have, like, a little sunroom, so we've been able to, like, shut the screen door so that he can, like, sit there, sort of, so he's not, like, outside with us, but he can, like, see and hear and, like, get the fresh air, and he loves it, because before, he would just sit in the kitchen and meow at the top of his lungs nonstop the whole time we're out there, Uh and now he, like, sits there, and he's like, oh, this is nice, so that makes me happy, because I don't feel so bad that he has to be trapped in the house all the time now, um... Because we used to live, you know, in an apartment where he could go out on the balcony because it was a couple floors up, so he never tried to jump or anything. But here, I mean, he could just run away and nobody wants that. So, um, to get into our, I don't know, we officially made this like a segment, but just kind of true crime updates Mm -hmm. of things that are going on, um, which are usually never good, but, um, so on June 10th, so this is... June 14th, as we're recording this. Um, So, on June 10th, 24-year-old Robert Fuller um, was found hanging from a tree in Palmdale in California. Um, He was a black man who they are claiming it was suicide. And as far as I can see, there hasn't been much police investigation. Um, So, I know some journalists like Billy Jensen have been sharing information and trying to see if anyone in the area has seen anything. Um, but I can't find anything as far as like an official investigation that they're really putting much effort into that. So,
1: yeah, I know Billy was posting that they had reported there were no outdoor cameras and then he like took pictures cause he drove down there and he was like, mm-hmm. there's at least four outdoor cameras that will obviously show yes something happened. So yeah. hopefully we'll find the truth with that. Um, Also, Tylee Ryan and JJ Vallow's remains were found. Um, That's the Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell case uh, where she kind of went to Hawaii and nobody knew where her kids were and all that. Well, the remains were found on the Chad Daybell's property. So that is very sad that they were found that way, but I am glad they were found. So hopefully they can be properly
0: put to rest, but very, very sad. Yes and that everyone else in that family who was not a part of it is able to have closure now. Yeah. Um so again, super sad but glad that they're not being tortured somewhere or held somewhere. Um just super super sad situation all around. Yeah. Whenever the case kind of first started, um the grandfather
1: broke my heart. He was like, "JJ's just yes. my buddy. I just want him home." And it was just so sad and so sad. Lori and Chad, have fun rotting in
0: prison for the rest of your lives. Yes. And then rotting in hell for the rest of it. <laughs> so. Yes. Um, so today's case, and I, I never want to, like, sound excited about a case because <laughs> they're all super sad and tragic, but there was just so much to this case. Um, so this was a recommendation from a very close family friend of mine who wishes to remain anonymous for reasons that will be very clear. Um. <laughs> But she grew up around this family, and so she knows them, she knows of all of this story plus probably stuff that's not been released, Um, and again, we'll get into later as to why she does not want her information shared, but she recommended this case, and I had never heard of it, which is absolutely insane, and I don't think a lot of people have. Um, There's not a lot of easily accessible information online about the case, so... When we first started doing this research, I told Courtney, hey, I'll just take this as my espresso because there's not too much on here. And then I started going through some deep dives and (laughs) I found the court transcripts and I got a free trial to a newspapers.com subscription so I could access these news articles from 30 years ago. So, I was able to get more information than I thought I was going to be able to, to get and it was just a really, I don't want to say fun case to research, but, like, there, it just every page there was something new that I'm like, holy shit, what now? So, I'm very excited to tell Courtney this story. Let me put it that way. Yeah, I
1: don't know any of this. I haven't heard of this guy. Yes. I'm interested.
0: Um, so, my sources, there were a lot of them. <laughs> Most of them came from the actual court transcripts, um, as well as a Sentinel Echo article, Uh, a Times Bulletin Media article, which is out of Van Wert, Ohio, Um, the Courier Journal out of Louisville, Kentucky, and then a couple of recent articles through AP News. So typically we like to start a story with like a, hey, here's maybe a crime that happened and oh, let's backtrack now and find out who did it and how we got here and but this story is just so batshit crazy from the beginning that that's just where we're going to start. <laughs> so
1: because like, We're taking it old school. We're going to go beginning, middle, end.
0: <laughs> yes, this story is in chronological order. Um, and spoiler alert, this is a serial killer, so I'm just going to put that out there. His name is Robert Foley, and he's from Kentucky. And I had no idea that there was a serial killer named Robert Foley from Kentucky. Me either. So we're going to get into his whole life and all of his murders And all this good stuff so here we go Robert Foley was born September 13th 1956 to Lois and John Bill Foley and Mary Alice Kentucky which is about five miles south of Harlan Kentucky Um, so he was one of four boys I couldn't find like birth order Um, again it took a lot of digging to get the information that I did have so I'm not sure where he fell in there but I know that he did have three brothers Um, His dad worked at a landfill and also drove a coal truck. Um, There were a lot of, like, family reports of several head injuries as a child, but there's no medical documentation to back it up. Um, But this is also in Kentucky in the 50s and 60s, so it could be that it didn't happen or they just didn't go to the doctor for it. I don't know.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, I hit my head quite a few times, but I also had a mom who was, like, a nurse, and she was
0: like, you're not bleeding, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah all right, it's all good. You got concussion, just don't go to sleep. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but we do know what they say about multiple head injuries as children, that it does lead to some erratic behaviors later on. So... Yes. Um, when Robert was 12 years old, his grandmother and his step-grandfather were... Murdered a local sheriff's deputy because he arrested one of their sons. Oh. So, um, and it was something with, like, some minor, like, he was arrested for, like, disturbing the peace or something. I mean, it wasn't anything, like, he was, like, 17 years old. Like, it wasn't anything crazy, um, but the grandmother and step-grandfather, like, followed the sheriff's deputy down the road, and he, like, stopped at a red light, and they, grandma just topped on out and wow shot him and got back in the car, and they took off. So. That... I'm going to say that's not how you handle a situation. Not usually. No, it's probably not the best course to go. Um, but the sheriff's deputy was one of seven people that the grandfather murdered.
1: What? Sorry, you said that when I took a sip of my coffee. So you probably just heard it smash, my coffee cup just smash down. You shouldn't drink any
0: coffee during the story because every other line is going to be that reaction.
1: Okay, (laughs) putting my coffee down.
0: Um, Yeah, so I couldn't find a whole lot of information about these other six people, but I do know that Robert Foley's grandfather also murdered seven people. So, Robert attended James A. Calwood High School, um, but he dropped out during his sophomore year. On April 17th, 1986, in Harlan, Kentucky, Robert Foley is 19 years old, um, and him and and two of his friends went for a drive in a Volkswagen that he had been working on. Um, So, about 1130 that evening, they passed a group of men on the street who were, like, shouting obscenities at them. I don't really know what they were or why, but... You know, I mean, we've all been around teenage boys and sometimes they just do stupid things for no reason, so. And we've been around adult boys and they do stupid things for stupid True. Reasons. Very true. So, um, Foley pulls over his car and so the, all the men get into this, like, big fight and so as the fight's kind of ending, everyone's calming down, things are seeming like, okay, it's chill, it's fine. Well, not for Robert. So he walks back to his Volkswagen, gets his revolver, and shoots all three of them. So, Okay. (laughs) Yep. So, he ended up murdering 22-year-old Zettler Fields Jr., um, and the other two were just wounded. Um, So, I couldn't find the names of the other two victims, and it took a lot of digging to find the name of Zettler Fields Jr. Mm -hmm. Even Murderpedia has a question mark for this murder. So, one of the friends would later testify that Robert laughed as he was shooting them all. So... On April 18th, 1977, so about a year later, Robert was convicted of two counts first-degree assaults and one count murder. So he was sentenced to five and ten years for the assaults and 20 years for the murder, but he was paroled after four years. Well then. Four years. Yeah. Yeah. That, that happens sometimes. Which I don't know if any of our listeners are One Tree Hill fans, but... <laughs> Um, if you're not and you have any interest in watching it, even this show's been over for like eight years, spoiler alert. Um, but I noted in my notes, hello, Dan Scott, because he also murdered someone and got out after four years. And I know a lot of fans are like, that's so unrealistic. Nope.
1: Nope. Not really. No, it's very realistic. Honestly, when you told me he got 20 years for the murder, I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. that's a pretty long time. (laughs) Like, cause I see so much like, cause this would probably be probably, like, a second-degree murder or whatever. And usually they're just like, all right, just spend a little time and then go. And I'm just like, okay, Okay. all
0: right, cool. So then in 1984, um, Robert is convicted of assault and possession of a weapon by a felon in Ottawa County, Ohio, after shooting a man in a bar. So. He loves to shoot that gun. Oh, he does. He does. So he served 15 months for this assault and the weapon um, charge. And then in 1988, Robert and one of his brothers pistol whipped a man named Delbert Pennington in a restaurant, Um, and Delbert suffered pretty severe brain damage, so his son was interviewed in a newspaper article um, in 1991, and so he was talking about all the repercussions on this incident for his father. Um, So the 91 article was the most recent thing I could find about this incident, so I don't know if he was ever convicted of this one. Yeah. In 1988, he was questioned um, as a suspect in the shooting of a Kentucky State trooper. Um, and so, at this time, he tells the police, no, I didn't do it, but I know who did. So, naturally, he becomes an FBI informant. He's like, it wasn't me, it was Patricia.
1: Right. I don't know if anyone's seen that movie, but him and Patricia are the same person in the movie. So. Yes, yes. So, it's just,
0: okay. Okay. <laughs> Craziness. So then in 1989, he is charged again with assault for beating a man. And again, it's unclear if he was ever convicted for this charge. At some point between the times that he's out of prison, he was married twice and had two daughters. So his most recent wife's name is Marjorie. Um, I don't know anything about the daughters. There's really no information out about them. They're probably like, do not report my name. Yeah, I'm getting married at 18 and
1: changing my last
0: name immediately. Do not associate (laughs) me with this family. So now we're going to get into some other crazy things. But first, we're just going to take a quick break. So we will be right back.
1: Seth Cohen, Brooke Davis, Blair Waldorf. Sound familiar? It Takes Three Network houses shows surrounding your favorite nostalgic teen dramas. Whether you are watching for the first time or you're binging for the fifth time, you'll definitely want to check us out. You can listen to Tree Hill Talk, Let's Talk OC, and Three Gossip Girls on your preferred listening platform. And for more information, visit ItTakes3Network.com.
0: So in September of 1989, Robert Foley is still on parole Not sure if it's for the murder or the assault or the weapons charge or whatever it is, but he is on parole. So his friend, Calvin Reynolds, is pulled over for a DUI. Um, So in the car with him is his girlfriend, Kimberly Bowersock, and his friend, Gordon Cantor. So all three of them are arrested. Um, Kimberly and Gordon are released that night because they were just arrested for like public intoxication, Um, but Calvin stays in jail until October 8th um, for the DUI. So... Robert finds out that Kimberly is planning on telling Robert's parole officer that he is selling weed and moonshine, which would obviously go against his parole. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure why. I don't know if she... One, we don't even know for sure if this actually happened or if it was just a rumor that he was like, nope, she's going to do it. Um, but if she was going to do it, I don't know if she thought that that had some like leverage to get her boyfriend out of trouble. Like, hey, I'll give you some information on this guy if you let my boyfriend go. But you said it was just a DUI, right? Yeah. So I'm like, all right, it's not like he's going to jail
1: for murder, honey. Like, he'll spend at most like 48 hours and then he's out.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. So, again, I don't know if um, this was even something that was actually going to happen or if he just heard a rumor. Honestly, Robert seems like he's looking for any reason to kill anybody, so... That is true. He probably made it up in his head. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, I know that happened. So on October 8th, 1989, um, Calvin is released from jail. And Kimberly, who lives in Ohio, is trying to find someone to drive her to Kentucky um, to pick him up and take him back to Ohio to stay with her. Um, So she's like going around. She's asking some friends because she doesn't have a car. Um, So she goes to her friend Lillian Contino, who's like, yeah, I'll go with you. But I don't have access to a car right now. So, like, if you find somebody to drive us, I'll go with you. So then she finally finds her friend, Jerry McMillan, who's like, yeah, sure, I'll drive you, no problem. Um, so I looked it up. So they lived in Van Wert, Ohio, and from there to um, Harlan, Kentucky was about a five-hour drive. So, I mean, it was pretty... That's pretty long. Because at first I was like, oh, well, maybe it's pretty close together. Nope, not really. So it's a pretty good drive. So they decided they're going to pick Calvin up at a man named David Gross's house. Now, David Gross is Robert's friend, and the property that Gross lives on was left to his aunt after his uncle died, David Gross. Okay. But his aunt signed the deed over to Robert Foley's father. Now, Robert would later claim that the property was his, that it had to be put in his dad's name for some sort of legal reason that was kind of muddled as far as why it would need to be in his dad's name versus his name. But... It's kind of unclear who actually, like, owns this property, but David Gross does live in a cabin on the property, so that much is established. So, when Kimberly, Jerry, and Lillian get to the house, um, only David Gross and Gordon Cantor, which remembers the guy that was arrested with them for the public intoxication, only they are at the house, um, so they're like, okay, I guess Calvin went to his house, So, the three leave to go pick up Calvin at his house and say that they're going to come back to David Gross's later because they're all friends. They're all going to hang out. So, Gordon Cantor, remember, is Robert's buddy. So, he calls Robert to let him know that Kimberly is in the area. Because, remember, Robert is mad at Kimberly Mm -hmm. because she either told or was going to tell or possibly thought about telling or he made it up that she was going to tell his parole officer. So. Gordon calls Robert, says, hey, Kimberly is here in the area. She's going to be coming back to David's cabin soon. Um, and so Robert says that he's going to kick her ass and asks how many people are going to be there. So then, remember, Robert is a felon, so he's not allowed to have any weapons. Um, and he's gotten in trouble for that before. Mm-hmm. So Robert keeps all of his guns at Gordon's house. So Robert's like, okay, I'm going to need you to bring me my guns so that we can go over there and have a chat with them. hmm Um, Spoiler alert, they're not going to have a chat. So I assumed talking was not going to (laughs) happen. So his wife Marjorie will later testify, one, that she heard this phone call, that she says yes, like he called, he said that Kimberly's here, and he asked him to bring his guns. Um, She also says that Robert told her if he didn't come home that night that he was either in jail or dead and she should notify his parents. Mm -hmm. So remember, Gordon is at David Gross's house. So he leaves gross's house to go to his house to get the guns to take them to robert and then they go together back to david's house
1: i need one of those little red strings
0: yes it attaches people to everybody <laughs> there's so many characters in this story um so they arrive back at the house at around eleven thirty. so currently in the house are david gross who lives in this cabin his girlfriend phoebe watts her two minor children. Oh, no. Um, as well as Kimberly, Lillian, Jerry, and Calvin Reynolds. So Foley comes into the house and he grabs Kimberly by the hair. Um, and so he starts threatening them. And Calvin is Kimberly's boyfriend, so he kind of reaches to intervene. And Phoebe will later testify that Foley, quote, swept the room and shot Kimberly, Lillian, Jerry, and Calvin. Oof. So, he then shot Kimberly a second time in the back of the head. And so, Watts will later testify that Robert then asked the witnesses if he if they could handle what they had seen. Um, and then he made Phoebe clean up the blood inside the house and made David and Gordon help him dispose of the bodies. So, did the two kids see all this? I can't find any other information except that they were in the house. Okay. Like, I'm like,
1: are they just sitting there on the couch when this happens? Are they in bed? Like... Did you say what time it was? I know you don't have a lot of...
0: It was 11.30. A.M. P.M.? P.M. So hopefully the kids were
1: asleep, but still.
0: (laughs) I would hope so, but, I mean, you're going to wake up and here's mom cleaning up blood from four gunshot victims. Yeah, you would have to wake up hearing that. Yeah, and, like, just think about how much blood is in that cabin after you just shot four people and then shot the last one another time. Like... Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of blood. Yeah. People bleed a lot. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, the three guys, so David, Gordon, and Robert, drive Jerry's car back to Lexington, and they abandon it in a motel parking lot. They then put the bodies in a septic tank on the property and cover it in cement and lime. So. Okay. David Gross was shot and killed in October of 1990 in a homicide that remains unsolved. Now, I'm no detective. However, David Gross's body was found in Robert Foley's yard. I mean, <laughs> you put two and two together. <laughs> yes, and he was shot through the heart. Um, but no one has ever been charged in David Gross's homicide. Guys, we're two white women with
1: podcasts. We're going to solve the murders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I assume it's one of those things where they're like, yeah, we probably know it's Robert, but there's, like, no evidence. Which I'm like, isn't it evidence enough? It's, like, in his yard. He had to have done something. Yeah. Like, you just come home one day and there's, like, a freshly dug grave in your yard.
0: And you're like, eh, oh, that's weird. That's interesting. How'd that get there? I don't know. And remember that Robert's grandparents were also serial killers. Um, and this is a pretty small town. The grandparents murdered a sheriff's deputy, so there's a lot of fear of the Foley family, um, which goes back to why my friend that recommended this case wishes not to be named, um, because yeah, they're known for intimidating everyone in the town. And this kind of reminds me of
1: um, like the vigilante story I did with yes. Ken McElroy, how everyone is just like terrified of this guy, and they're like, yes, yeah, don't don't cross him at all, don't,
0: <laughs> don't mess with him, yep. So then in Claremont County, Ohio, in February of 1991, Robert is arrested for a bad check. So he was part of some like fraud scheme with like several other guys, with something with like a trucking company. I don't know all the details, but basically they had some big scam mm-hmm. going. So it wasn't just like he wrote like a $50 check at Walmart and it bounced. Yeah. Like it was a pretty big like bad check case. Um, but Foley was released because FBI agent Ron Poole. Um, asked a judge to release him and said that he was helping the FBI on several cases. Okay. So, but later, both Foley and the FBI would deny that he was ever an informant, which I'm pretty sure you can't openly just say, yes, he was an FBI informant, but you were released from jail. Yeah, I think that's one of those, like... Yeah, but you were released yeah. from jail after you've had multiple... You know, you had the, the murder charge from 1976, you had... Several assault weapons charges, now this bad check charge, and the FBI gets you off. So there's going to be a reason for that. They don't just like, oh yeah, we just, we like you, so yeah. you can go. Um, and now keep in mind that he's never, no one has found the four bodies from the 1989 incident yet. They have not been found, they've just been reported as missing. Mm-hmm. So. The bad check case is important because if the FBI had not gotten him out of jail, he would have been in jail six months later when this next incident occurred. Okay. So, on August 17th, 1991, in Laurel County, Kentucky, so there's a bunch of people hanging out at Robert's house. So, there are brothers Rodney and Lynn Vaughn, Phoebe Watts is still there, Um, Ronnie and Bill Duggar, Marge Foley, which was Robert's wife at the time, Several other adults and at least six children are all hanging out at Robert's house. Okay. Yep. Having a big old barbecue. Yes. <laughs> so Foley returns home from a car auction with his friend, Danny Joe Bryant. So because this is Kentucky, everyone's got weapons. So I guess when everyone comes over, they put all their weapons in a cabinet because there's a lot of people. There's a lot of kids. So everybody's got their guns on them. But hey, just put them in this kitchen cabinet when you get here and everything will be fine. Well, Robert didn't follow that rule because he didn't like following rules very much. Um, so he had a thirty-eight Colt snub nose revolver um, under his belt at the time. Mm-hmm. So everyone's hanging out. They're sitting around the kitchen table drinking beer. Um, soon an argument starts between Robert and Rodney Vaughn. Um, so they're all drunk, belligerent. Um, Robert later admits that he instigated the fight by punching Rodney. Um, so after they get into this you know, physical altercation. Um, Danny Joe Bryant separates the men, and then they all go back to drinking. Um, But later, the situation escalates, um, and Rodney points a finger at Foley and warned him not to sucker punch him again. So then, Foley knocks Rodney to the ground, beats him with his fist several times, pulls out his revolver, and shoots Rodney six times in the chest, left arm, and back. Oh. Yep. Again, they're all just hanging out at the house with a whole bunch of adults and a whole bunch of kids drinking beer. Yeah. So, during this time, everyone's like, well, peace, I'm out of here, so they all leave. (laughs) Because they're like, I'm not going to be a part of this. Um, So, the only ones left in the house are, obviously, the body of um, now-deceased Rodney Vaughn, Robert Foley, Rodney's brother Lynn, and Ronnie Duggar.
1: So, did Robert's wife leave? Was she like, I'm leaving too, I ain't even staying at my own house? Okay. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yep, she took off. Yep. Oh, okay. Um, they don't stay there, would <laughs> the <by> <laughs> <So, laughs> Um, So, Ronnie Duggar then says that Foley got his gun, got another gun from the kitchen cabinet, returned to the living room where Lynn was staying with his dead brother, and shot Lynn in the back of the head. He then kicked Rodney Vaughn's corpse and said, quote, You son of a bitch, you caused me to have to kill my partner. Um, he didn't force you
1: to do anything.
0: Just saying. You're dead. I don't know what... Okay. Um, So then Foley asks Ronnie and Bill Duggar and his friend Danny Joe Bryant to assist him in getting rid of these bodies and covering up the crimes. And so all these guys agree, I guess, because they're terrified of this family and like, well, you're going to murder me if I don't help. So, okay. Um, So they dump the Vaughn brothers' bodies in Sinking Creek in Laurel County. Um, The Vaughn brothers were reported missing the next day by their parents, um, who said that their last known location was at Foley's house. So they knew that that's where they were going to be that evening, and they never came home. Um, So authorities discovered the bodies two days later and indicted Foley on two counts of capital murder and other related offenses. And that was a direct quote from the court transcript.
1: Okay.
0: So after Robert is arrested for these murders... Phoebe Watts, who was living in Tennessee at the time, and Gordon Cantor, who was living in Arizona at the time, both came forward separately about the first four murders. So after Robert is securely in jail, both of them without talking to each other because they're not together at this time, um, they came forward and they're like, hey, just so you know, a couple years ago, this also happened. And Phoebe will later say that she never said anything because she was afraid. Um, and she said that Robert's family and friends would come by frequently to check on her and keep tabs on her. So she's like, I'm not going to say anything because you're going to kill me as well. Yeah. And she has two kids, right? Yes, exactly. So, like, she's not going to be, like, putting herself nope, nope. in danger to be killed there. Which I did think it was interesting that she was also present for the second murders because I'm like, Could, couldn't you just, like, not hang out with him? Like... Yeah. Yeah. Like, I get you're not going to say anything because you're terrified, but why are you still hanging out at his house drinking beer with probably your kids because there were six kids there? Yeah. Do you think maybe she did
1: it to, like, keep up appearances? Maybe. So that, like, maybe he wouldn't keep coming back. Like, she was like, okay, if I just go over there and hang out this evening, yeah. like, like he'll think I'm still good with him or something. Or maybe they were like... He'll think there's nothing wrong. Yeah, maybe she was just like, I'm not going to say anything, and then decided suddenly to go forward, so. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Um, so the four bodies previously mentioned were found on October 23rd of that year. So Foley's trial for the Vaughn murders was scheduled for August 11th, 1993. Um, so the day before, his attorney moved for a change of venue because of the pretrial trial publicity. Um, but the trial court denied it after a hearing. So later... Robert will say that he murdered Rodney Vaughn only in self-defense and that he did not murder the brother, Lynn Vaughn. And he says that Ronnie Ducker is the one that murdered Lynn Vaughn. Okay. Which, remember, Ronnie said what Robert did afterwards when he came up and and killed Lynn as well. Um, But at a different time, Foley said that he hated to kill Lynn, but, quote, blood is thicker than water. So he admits to it, but then he also says he didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, during the trial, um, witnesses indicate that Foley was a very lovable child, um, that he idolized his grandfather, who, remember, was a seven-time murderer, um, and his mother testified about her father and that he had taught Foley how to shoot a gun when he was only six years old. She also discussed some of the alleged brain injuries, um, suspecting that there was some kind of brain damage, but again, there were no medical records to back these injuries up. She also testified that Robert could be fined one minute and very angry the next, which, as we've seen in all of these cases. Yeah. So the jury does find Robert Foley guilty of two counts of murder, and following the jury's recommendation, they sentence him to death on September twenty third, 1993. Now, as I mentioned before, there was a newspaper article um, locally in 1991, and no one, there was the one guy's son, who was pistol whipped, so he spoke to the newspaper. Mm -hmm. No one else would speak to these reporters about this case, because they're like, the Foley family is terrifying. Like, I'm not going to tell you anything that any of these guys did. Like, they intimidate this whole town. Mm -hmm. I'm not going there. So then, on April 27th, 1994, which, fun fact, guys, was my first birthday. So, (laughs) I just, of course, I'm, like, researching, and I'm like, oh, so... Here's little Jacqueline eating her smash cake. And during yeah. that time... Smashing her face into the cake. Yep. And it's like, here's Robert Foley doing, I don't know what yes. yet, but probably something bad. What he was doing was receiving a second death sentence oh. for the murders of Kimberly, Lillian, Jerry, and Calvin. Which I'm not even sure I knew that you could get multiple death sentences. Like I
1: think because usually what we see is like once they're convicted of, like, one murder, they usually save the others. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, serial killers I know. Like, mm-hmm. they'll be like, all right, we're going to save these back here. So, if yeah. for some reason you get out or you get an appeal or whatever, then we can, like, try you for this one. Yeah. So, I guess you could. Is it in different states or the same state? They were the same state. Same state. So, I guess they just wanted him, like, extra dead. They're like, yes. no way are you not dying, yeah. dude. <laughs>
0: And I couldn't find more details other than this date and that he received a second death sentence. So I don't know if he pleaded guilty because he's like, I've already been sentenced to death, so maybe there's no trial. They're just going to say, okay, you pleaded guilty, but... Can they do that, though? I don't know. I thought
1: a jury trial had to find... Like, I thought, like, a judge couldn't be like... I thought, like... Usually when you take a plea deal, it's, like, because you're trying to avoid the death sentence, true, you know? True, true. So, I feel like usually it has to be a jury because you want to make sure it's not just some yeah. judge being, like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> like,
0: Actually, but now I that we know. say this, I think there was a second trial. I just think there wasn't a lot of information because it's pretty clear what happened. It's kind of, not point, I don't want to say pointless. Those people deserve justice. Yes. But
1: also, like, he already has a death sentence. Yes. So.
0: yeah. Um, So, he did appeal the conviction on grounds of ineffective counsel, but it was denied. Um, And he has, he does use, eventually, all of his appeals available for his death sentences. So, Foley was quoted in a newspaper article in 1998, um, so... I guess at the time that he was convicted, Kentucky was using the electric chair, and then recently after he received his death sentence, they switched to lethal injection. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, you were able to pick what you wanted so you could decide which way you wanted to go. Yeah. Um, and so he said, quote, I have I hadn't gave it any real thought, but it's nice to ha- have that kind of choice. If nothing else, more for my family than for myself. And so according to him, he flipped a coin to decide what he wanted to do. So... How'd he get a coin? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Um, So he chose lethal injection. Robert Foley's still alive, by the way. Oh, okay. So he received this death sentence in 1993. He is still alive as of 2020. It does take a long, long time
1: for those to, like, actually go through.
0: In Kentucky specifically, apparently, because Kentucky resumed executions. So I guess they didn't have them for a while. Mm -hmm. But they resumed executions in 1976. Since that time, only three death sentences have actually been carried out in the state of Kentucky. Interesting. Um, No one has been executed in Kentucky since 2008. Do they have a lot of death row inmates or a lot? Yeah, it looks like they do. Like, I think, I can't remember the exact number, but I think there were some like 20 men since then who have died while on death row from natural causes. Okay. Um, But they do have a good number on death row. Okay, cool.
1: I don't hear a lot of, like, Kentucky death row. I don't know. For some reason, Kentucky is the state, like, we just don't talk about, I guess. Right? I don't know why. So I was like, I wonder how many men they have, like, on death row. Yeah. Compared to, like, California over there with, like, what was it, like, 2,000? Yeah, definitely not as big (laughs) as California.
0: But for a rural state, I mean, not all of Kentucky is rural, but a good portion of it is. They do have a good number of people on death row. So Sharon Vaughn McGeorge, who is the daughter of Rodney Vaughn, um, like strongly advocates for Robert's death sentence to be carried out. So she's spoken um, spoken out several times since then. Um, and she describes waiting for his execution as torture because she feels like she's never going to get that closure until he is dead. So around 2008, Robert develops degenerative arthritis. So he starts... Having problems with his hips. So, he requests a hip replacement surgery that he wants the state to pay for, which is about $50,000. So, in 2015, it was denied for, I think, a third time. So, I'm not sure exactly what date he originally requested it, but sometime around the early 2010s. Um, Mm -hmm. he starts requesting this and it keeps getting denied, um... The prison claims this not a medical necessity. Um, they say that he's not being denied care because he does have access to a walker as well as pain medications. Um, so they're like, we're not going to give you this full hip replacement surgery, but we're not saying that, like, we're not denying you care. We're giving you these other alternatives as well. And also,
1: usually, like, when you're on death row, like, you're kept isolated from everyone else. Yeah. So, like, I know prison can be really rough. Like, you have to like protect yourself, but. He's probably also being protected because he's constantly in isolation, so it's not necessarily like this hip is causing him to be, like, picked on or anything. Yeah,
0: exactly. He's not getting, like, beat up for it. But what did happen, which is why I was chuckling earlier, and I shouldn't laugh. I'm sorry, but I did laugh when I read this. Um, So in July of 2015, he was standing up and his hip gave out and he smashed his face on a footlocker. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but I'm also like, you're a piece of shit. Like, sorry, you hurt your face yeah. when your hip gave out on you. Um, so, the prison's response was to move his mattress to the ground so he wouldn't fall getting out of bed. <laughs> I feel like he would have trouble getting up. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, especially if, like, I have trouble getting up off a mattress on the floor. Yeah. He just rolls over and waits for someone to pick him up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he, so the prison said that they couldn't find any hospitals who were willing to do it, and they said that security was the main concern. Mm-hmm. So, they're like, this guy's been on death row for 27 years at this point. Yeah. Um, and, by the way, it's really sad that I just had to think that long about how many years it's been because he was sentenced to death row the year I was born. So I should know how many years <laughs> it's been exactly, but I had to think about it. <laughs> um, so they're like, there's a pretty good suspicion that he would try to escape especially given like his just complete disregard for the law like yeah with his family and his family's influence in the town and just none of these murders never make sense but these murders are just so outrageous Mm -hmm. that they're like okay like there was never even like a motive like you just got mad at people and killed them like yeah it's
1: just so like you said the wrong word, and then the guy's just like, I'm going to kill you, or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's like nothing. Yeah. So it, it's just crazy. So
0: they do have pretty strong concerns about um, security with getting him into a hospital for this surgery. I'm sure he would have to have rehab for a complete hip yeah. replacement as well. So they're just like, no, we're not going to do this. Um But there were a lot of recent news article because he's just like, trying to get this hip over and over. And his victims' descendants are really mad because they're like, I just don't want to see any more about you. Like, you've been on death row for almost 30 years at this point. Like, just stop. So Foley believes that his hip surgery was denied because it wouldn't be, quote, politically popular, was what he was quoted as saying. So Okay. Yeah. So I guess he thinks that they're just going to people are going to lose their minds if he does get this $50,000 hip replacement. Um, which I don't know what his level of pain is. I don't know if he really is being denied care. I know the prison claims that he has been being given alternatives. Um I mean, yeah, most average citizens can't afford a full hip replacement, so
1: yeah, that's like a tough one too if he's saying like, "Oh, my hip gave out and like I fell, but it's like did you really, or did you just
0: say you did, you know, so it's, yeah, it's very tricky.
1: Cause it's like, what's the real story here?
0: Yeah. But we also know that prisons are notorious for denying medical care. So we don't want to yeah. overlook that because he is such a piece of garbage, um, because this is an ongoing issue and we do recognize that. Um, also if it was me on death row, I would not be like,
1: I need this hip. Cause I feel like they would be like, all right, it's not worth it. Push up that execution right, like, date. like, we'll just like, go ahead and get that now. <laughs> You're in a lot of pain. We'll, we'll just pump it <laughs> we'll up. I'd be like, okay, I'm not going to be quiet.
0: <laughs> Never mind, it's fine. My hip's fine. It's all good. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm good. I feel like yeah. a young man. <laughs> um, so there is still currently a state of execution in place in Kentucky. Um, so, again, it's been 12 years since anyone was executed in the state of Kentucky. So it's now 2020, and Robert Foley has been on death row for 27 years. Who knows if he's actually going to be executed or if he will die of natural causes while on death row? Um, How old is he now? Fifty. Oh shoot, he young. Yeah, he's not very old. Um,
1: <laughs> I want to say for some
0: reason with his hip, I'm imagining like an eighty year old man. <laughs> I I, I want to say he was around fifty eight in 2015, so he's probably early six early mid sixties at this point. Okay. And just again, we want to remember the victims of Robert Foley. Um, Unfortunately, there's not a lot of information about them. Um, We do like to heavily cover the victims as much as we can. So I tried to tell everything that I knew about them, but unfortunately there's just not a lot of information about them. Um, So Robert Foley's victims were Zettler Fields Jr., Kimberly Bowersock, Lillian Contino, Jerry McMillan, Calvin Reynolds, possibly David Gross, Rodney Vaughn, and Lynn Vaughn. And that's the insane story of Kentucky serial killer Robert Volley. Yeah, that's crazy.
1: So, I know, like, the grandfather and grandmother were, like, kind of serial killers and this guy. But what about, like, his dad and his brothers? Do they have any, like, criminal things going on? Or is he just, like... I don't know. The one who really just took it over...
0: Um, from what I gathered from the articles, they just haven't been charged with anything. Okay. So, from what I gather, it's a whole criminal family, um, and... Yeah, I assumed, because, I mean,
1: if you have, like, a grandfather and, like, a grandson, I'm assuming the others aren't... Somewhere
0: in the middle, there's going to be some issues as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they did have, like, a big moonshine business, which obviously does not equal murder in terms of... Criminal behavior, yeah. but from what I gathered, the others just didn't get caught. um, And yeah. honestly, probably the sheriff's department feared this family because you already murdered one sheriff's deputy for arresting your child. So, yeah, I mean, it, you'd be like, I'm um, okay, goodbye, like, yeah, yeah. And, and depending on what the charges were, because remember, Robert wasn't even arrested until literally, like, there were how many witnesses that saw him murder these two people in cold blood? So, yeah. Then it's like, okay, we definitely got him. And then it was, you know, after that that they even found the four bodies that he hid in a septic tank. Like, and so that, that's something that, um, my friend that recommended this case said as well, that there's many more suspected victims that have never even been reported on, um, because they just, there was, wasn't enough evidence or they were hidden or whatever. Yeah. That's crazy
1: and scary and insane. I I understand why crazy. they did not want their name out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I'm a little scared with my name reporting this case now.
0: <laughs> I know, right? Like, um, like dude. We, we, just, we just gathered the information and set it back. Yeah. So we didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> but, yeah, so that is the just absolutely insane case. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, That was... That was a trip, man. <laughs> yeah, I told you. I was like, I mean, every night this week, I like, I go to bed early, guys. And every night this week, I was up to what, like, 1130, like, <laughs> yeah. doing research for this case because then I kept, like, it was like everything I clicked and then there was like one more thing and I'm just like, oh my God, there's something else. And then I also had to get all of the people straight because, again, there's just so many different names and trying to make sure. And they're all so close, like, Rodney and Robert yes. and
1: I think there was like a... There was a Danny and a. Was there a Danny? Yes. Danny and David and. Yeah, Danny and David. It's like really similar names. There's a like so Gordon and like,
0: Calvin. I mean, there's just so. Like, yeah. <laughs> a lot. But yeah, so if you're from Kentucky and you know anything else about this case, um, whether you'd like to share it anonymously or if you would like us to do a recap later, definitely let us know because. I'm sure locals have yeah.
1: Or if you just want to tell us yes. and we won't share it because I'm just interested in any story. Absolutely, I can get on. <laughs> I'm
0: sure the locals there know way more than has been reported, especially with the people in the newspaper who were like, nope, oh, nope, yeah. nope, bye. I'm not going to tell you anything about that. But I did think it was crazy that like he was an FBI informant and they got him out of jail. Cha- they got him out of jail on a bad check charge that he would have been currently in jail at the time that the other two murders happened.
1: Yeah, they dropped the ball on that one.
0: Yeah. And it's like, and if he'd never been caught for those murders, would Phoebe and Gordon have ever come forward about the other four murders? Because, I mean, the bodies were hidden in a septic tank and they never found them.
1: I mean, probably not. I'm sure if he was still out, they probably would have kept quiet because it's like, well, if I say something, like, there's probably no way you can protect me fully against this guy. Like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's. Whew. All for that case, um, Courtney, what is your perk of the week? Okay, my perk of the week, um,
1: so for my birthday, uh, my friend Vanessa got me a one-month gift card to Honey Killer. Oh, because apparently you can do that, you can give just like a month gift card, because cool. it's like a monthly thing, so I started that, and so it's like, there's six boxes total, and so like, we opened our first box, and we had all this stuff, And it's like, okay, your goal of this box is to figure out the murder weapon. So you read over Mm -hmm. all the stuff and then you can email someone and they'll tell you if like you're right or wrong or whatever. But it's really, really fun so far. And I'm really excited. And I was like, they were like, do you want your next box now? And I was like, yes, (laughs) now. (laughs) But this is also a funny story is it wouldn't work. Like when I clicked it, it would just say like, you don't have any Uh like orders. And I was like, that's weird. So I emailed, like, customer support, and she was like, oh, I'm sorry that doesn't work. Like, do you want me to just go ahead and process it? And I was like, yeah, I want my next box now. And then she was like, anything else? And I was like, no, that's good. Thank you. And she sent me a gift back saying, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and it cracked me up because I was like, okay, this is, like, a, like a young person yeah, company, and I like fantastic. it.
0: That's <laughs> fantastic. So it's, like, each month, like, the same case, and you just figure out, like, different aspects of it? Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, and, like, they have boxes where you can get all of it in one, like, if you don't want to have each of Uh them. Um, But, yeah, it's supposed to be every month, but I'm probably just going to keep pushing it up so I can just get them all. (laughs) But, yeah, so, like, you have stuff, and it'll, like, be important in the future, too, so you're supposed to, like, keep all of it, and it's, like, you're building your case, like, you're a detective, so... How it's super cool. cool and super fun, and I was like reading over everything, and I'm like, I know what happened already, even though I have one-sixth <laughs> of the information,
0: but That's super yeah, cool. it's super
1: fun, and if Killer wants to give us a promo code, I will yes. promo code the crap out of that, so.
0: Yep, you just got a little freebie there, so if y'all got want freebie? another shout-out, um, contact us. <laughs> yes, definitely, but no, it
1: was super, super fun, and I've only done one of them, so I'm really excited. The next That's one. cool. But was super cool. Yeah, and it even had like, because in one of the letters, I was like, "Oh, there's an email, like a website," and I went to the website, and it's like a legit website that you can like log on oh, to and stuff. And wow. yeah, it's really it's really fun. That's <laughs> but, super neat.
0: Um. Okay, so Jacqueline, what is your perk of the week? Um. So my perk of the week. So it's been a slow week, so there hasn't been a whole lot going on. Um. But Friday night, we got takeout from this local Greek place, and. I got this spinach garlic ravioli and it was in this like cheese sauce that also had like diced tomatoes and um, we got some spanakopita I don't know if I said that right <laughs> but it was delicious and it also came with this like fresh bread like it was still warm like when I got home so I could like dip mm-hmm. it in like my ravioli sauce and <laughs> it's been a slow week guys but that meal even, on, even on busy
1: weeks, it's always food. So. That's
0: true. That's true. And um, so I only ate half of it and I saved the other half that I'm gonna have for lunch today. So I'm super excited about that. I <laughs> so. love
1: leftovers. I'm always so excited I'm like, I get to eat this again. I'm yes, so I'm just like,
0: and then I just like think about it like all day and I'm like, yeah, yeah. So that's my yeah. perk of the week. Um I was gonna say
1: I love Greek food. <laughs>
0: yes so there's
1: like a in knoxville there's like a greek fest every year and so it's like Mm -hmm. to raise money like for the church but it's like the best food and me and my sister always go and we like eat until like we're literally like i'm about to puke and then we eat some more and (laughs) it's it's so good and so awesome and so fun and i hope it's not it's probably gonna be canceled this year because of covid and now my heart's breaking thanks covid
0: so sad everything's canceled but the next time Courtney comes to visit us, um, there is another Greek restaurant that you have to have like a reservation. So we can't just like, well, I don't know how their takeout works, but I know when we went before we could get a weekend reservation in like three weeks or we could get a weeknight reservation in like a week. <laughs> so oh my gosh. It's, yeah. Um, but it's within walking distance of my house. Mm-hmm. So next time you come visit, we're going to have to go there. Yes, definitely. If I'm still in this house. The next time you come visit, because who knows how long COVID's going to last. I Um, mean, hopefully, but also you don't have air conditioning, so... You're like, I don't don't want to wait a couple more months. (laughs) Yeah, I don't blame you. if you guys um, found us through our ad on It Takes Three Networks, podcast be sure and let us know um we just had an ad run with them last week i'm sure you heard their ad on this week's episode and last week's episode so just a little shout out to them um i love them they're wonderful if you came over from them be sure and let us know because we'd like to to know that um yeah definitely just a reminder that we are also still running our contest, um, so when we get 100 followers on Instagram and 50 reviews on Apple Podcast, we will do a drawing for one of our stickers, one of our pins, and a $10 gift card um, to a coffee shop of your choice. So make sure and do both of those things because then you will be entered into both contests. But you can follow us on Instagram at Pod. You can email us at Pod at gmail. And if you feel so inclined, you can donate on patreon.com slash caffeinated crimes.
1: Yep, and go have a cup of coffee. And don't commit a crime.